0: You're listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. When you think of the greatest baseball player of all time, what names come to mind? Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Ty Cobb. Chances are you did not immediately shout at your radio, Josh Gibson. But many baseball historians feel strongly that that's a name that belongs in baseball's pantheon of legendary figures. Why aren't we all as familiar with that name as we are with the ones I just listed? Unlike them, Josh Gibson never had a chance to play in the Major League Baseball League. Although he was arguably the best great player alive during his career, He was shut out of the league due to segregation, and it was just a short time after a brain tumor ended his career and life that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and reintegrated baseball. There's now an opera about Gibson's life called The Summer King. It hits the Detroit Opera House stage on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. The Michigan Opera Theater production of The Summer King runs through May 20th. With me now are three people who know a lot about this opera as well as Josh Gibson's life and career. Daniel Sonnenberg is the composer of The Summer King, an opera about the life and career of Negro League baseball legend Josh Gibson. Daniel, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks, it's great to be here.
0: Jacqueline Eccles is a soprano, a Detroit native, and she portrays Josh Gibson's wife, Helen, in The Summer King. Jacqueline, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Good morning.
0: And Gary Gillette is a baseball writer and historian and founder and president of Friends of Historic Hamtramck Stadium, where our own Detroit stars played uh, Negro League baseball. Uh, Gary Gillette, welcome to Detroit Today.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah.
0: So, uh, also, we have a pair of tickets to the Michigan Opera Theater's production of The Summer King for the performance on Saturday, May 19th, and we are giving them away. So call in now for a chance to receive those tickets, 313-577-1019. Please only call if you really want to go to this show because we only have a few tickets. Again, the number to call for a chance to snag those tickets is 313-577-1019. Daniel, I want to start with you. Uh, What drew you to the story of Josh Gibson, and why did you feel like this was a subject worthy of an opera, of all things?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, I'm a lifelong baseball fan. Uh, I grew up in New York, and uh, I I grew up as a Yankee fan. I apologize to to your listeners. Yeah, no, (laughs) that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's it's not. But... um, and I was always, uh, you know, as as a Yankee fan, just like a Tigers fan, you know, when your team has a lot of history and has been around for a long time, I, I became very interested at a young age in, in baseball history. Um, and uh, in reading about baseball history, I was I was drawn to the history of the Negro Leagues immediately. And it just stayed with me as, as um, you know, this always oh, a passion of mine and um, learning about Josh Gibson. I'll tell you, I I carried around the idea that this seemed like such an obvious opera to me um, because of his greatness, because of the just the chronology of his life that he died in in January of 1947. Uh And and Jackie broke the color barrier in April, um, you know, so really just months apart. And uh, he was 35 years old. Um, He was suffering from. Uh, you know, most people say a brain aneurysm, um, although there's some there's some controversy about that. But he was he struck me as a very clear tragic operatic figure, um, and I I sort of just carried that around with me for a long time yeah. before even delving into the world. tragedy.
0: Of course, is one of the sort of driving dynamics in in many operas. Sure, yeah, yeah. So talk about Josh Gibson as a player. What kind of sort of uh, player was he? Uh, from what I've uh, read of him, there was something about his, the physicality with which he played the game that really struck me.
1: Sure, I mean he was he was a catcher and he was a, a power hitter, and um, you know there he was one of those you know handful of legendary power hitters who people describe. And I think it was Buck O'Neill said about him. You know he's never heard the, uh, a sound like the the ball off Jack uh, of sorry Josh Gibson's bat, um, and he hit you know these. One of the things we talk about in the opera is this legendary home run that um, people have argued about for years whether he actually hit a ball completely out of Yankee Stadium. (laughs) Um, But nobody's ever, you know, this is something that nobody's ever done. So the fact that he even might have done it. and, you know, over his career, he hit something. And again, the, the records are very different than, than Major League Baseball, um, so nobody knows exactly how many home runs he hit. But on his Hall of Fame plaque, it says, you know, 800, yeah. <laughs> somewhere around there. So <laughs> right. that, that's a pretty good number.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a very um, good number. And he
1: was also a great defensive catcher from, you know, from everything I've read about him and uh, just uh, loved the game and played, you know, yeah. It was it was what he was about.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gary Gillette, uh, the Negro Leagues, uh, where Josh Gibson played, um, talk about what that was like for uh, black players like Josh Gibson. Talk about what it was like here in the city of Detroit, where the Negro League Detroit Stars uh, played.
3: Well, the Negro Leagues were far more organized and structured than people think. Uh, a lot of people erroneously think it was a— um, A series of leagues and teams that were always on the edge, were poorly financed, and were um, loosely organized. And that's true for some years and true for a lot of teams. It isn't true for all of them, particularly in the 40s. There was a general economic recovery in the African-American community in the 40s because of the ramp-up for World War II and Mm -hmm. then the war production. And so African-American households, especially in the northern industrial cities, that had been suffering through the Great Depression, as, of course, white families did too, suddenly had a little more discretionary income, and this led to a really big improvement in the fortunes of Negro League teams. So in the latter part of Josh Gibson's career, uh, Negro League baseball was pretty well organized and very well run in in a lot of important respects. I mean, Major League Baseball is Major League Baseball, cap M, cap L, cap B. It's not free of problems. It was badly organized. It struggled during the Depression. Teams have gone bankrupt. So the gap between the Negro Leagues and the Major Leagues is not this yawning gap. It's a gap born by discrimination and lack of opportunity. Yeah. So Gibson is one of those guys that transcends all those obstacles. The question isn't, is he one of the greatest players of all time, black or white? There's no argument about that. Anyone who would argue that doesn't deserve to be part of the discussion. The question is, is he the greatest? Yeah. He is in the league of Babe Ruth. He's in the league of Willie Mays. He's in the league of um, Ty Cobb. The, the Detroit audience, ties. stock has gone down a little bit in yeah. recent decades with yeah. Bill James. Uh, Satchel page. Satchel Page is one of the greatest players of all time and probably the greatest pitcher of all time. Right. That's a discussion. There are a couple others you can put in there, Barry Bonds in particular, um, but that's a discussion. Uh, he is one of the greatest players of all time, one of the two greatest Negro Leaguers of all time uh, with Page.
0: Yeah, and, and Paige, of course, gets to... To play in the major leagues uh, late in his career. Page does, yeah. and, and
3: does extremely well, yes.
0: yeah. 42-year-old 40, Rookie of the Year. Right, you know? right. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, uh, Jacqueline Eccles, you are a soprano, a Detroit native, and you play Josh Gibson's wife, Helen, uh, in The Summer King. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about what it means, sort of as a black woman and a native Detroiter, to be part of this opera. Uh, about such uh, uh, a towering figure in uh, in baseball
2: history. Well, um, I'm sorry to say that I'm really not a baseball fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing in the opera then? So anyway, <laughs> just want to get that out there. Um, but I am I am definitely a Detroit fan I, because this is where I was born and raised. Uh-huh. Glad to be back home and uh-huh. you know, on my home stage. This is where it all started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. The this particular story, um, I was really intrigued because I've never heard of Josh Gibson, mm-hmm. um, but the his life, his uh, his backstory, um, everything ab- about it I think uh, is absolutely intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> everything about him, I'm like, I mean, even when I met his great grandson, Sean. Um, I mean, he had a lot to talk about uh, and to share about his family, where they were born. I was grateful to be in Pittsburgh last year. Pittsburgh was amazing. Yeah. Um, because it has so much history there. Yes. Um, the the baseball fields, the the um the places where they had the the clubs. Um. What was the name of the club? The Crawford. Uh, the, the Crawford, Crawford Grill. Grill. The mm. Crawford Grill. Uh, that's where what wa- the actual building. Um, mm. Just it was just great to be right there, like in in the middle of history. Yeah. So yeah. I I was I'm very very happy to be a part of this story and be a part of this uh, production.
0: Yeah, and we have a little bit of. Jacqueline's uh, performance here. Uh, this is a duet between Josh Gibson and Helen Gibson. It features Jacqueline singing with the Pittsburgh Opera's production uh, of The Summer King. perfect as it Vitae, bright as the future will close. That was Jacqueline Eccles as Helen Gibson in a duet with uh, the actor playing Josh Gibson in the Pittsburgh Opera's production of... The Summer King. This is Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Jacqueline Eccles, a Soprano and a Detroit native who portrays Joshua Gibson's wife Helen in The Summer King. Also with us is Daniel Sonnenberg, composer of The Summer King, and Gary Gillette, who's a baseball writer and historian and founder and president of Friends of Historic Hamtramck. Stadium, Uh, Daniel. I want to talk some about uh, your the music invoking these really powerful images throughout the uh, opera, including biblical images that compare Gibson uh, to Moses. Uh, Mm. Talk about where you come up with that uh, comparison.
1: Um, Yeah, and that was a that was a real. Unusual place for for me personally to go in my work. I haven't I haven't really dove there. Um, you know, part of the process of writing this opera was really trying to come to terms with um, what the meaning of of Josh's life was. And um, you know, I I was drawn to him as an operatic character, but it took me a long time to understand um, what was most important in in his story. Mm-hmm. And to me, the the one of the most important things is that. Although he didn't get to play in the white major leagues, um, he was in in some ways, you know, principally responsible for integration. It was a player like Josh Gibson who who gets Branch Rickey's attention, who -hmm. who makes Branch Rickey the the owner of the Dodgers who integrated baseball and hired Jackie Robinson. Um, he, He needed to understand how much of a competitive edge he would have if he started hiring black players. And so... To me, the notion of Josh as this driving force, and obviously not only Josh—I mean, there are terrific other other players in the league—but sure. um, and then this the the connection to this idea of Moses, you know, like <laughs> leading um, his people to the promised land and not being able to step a, a, across that that border himself um, seemed very very clear to me and, and telling, you know, and I I think that. Um, one of the you know one of my hopes for this opera is that you know we begin to properly understand Josh and all of of these other players because I think we've we've in our society now done a, started to do a pretty good job celebrating Jackie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jackie's great and he, I think he you know his accomplishment is really unique and he had to put up with a lot of of hard stuff, but sure. I think he didn't come from nowhere, you know and so that's um yeah that's really what part of the story we're trying to tell
0: yeah uh, Jacqueline talk about Helen's relationship with Josh and the way it's portrayed in this opera.
2: Well, um, this is the way it's portrayed. um, Helen and Josh, their characters, their scene in this opera is the happiest moment of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, They are young. they're, They're in love. They are dreaming about their future. They're enjoying each other. Um, He's talking about how, about the game, the love of the game and the love of his woman, Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) But, um, uh, and afterwards, though, um, well, she reveals to him uh, that she's pregnant with their first child. Yeah. Uh, But sadly, of course, uh, after um, giving birth to their twins, um, she had complications and he lost his wife. And, yeah. um, and that was a huge blow to his life. It yeah. just was a huge blow. And then afterwards, you will see how things will started, start to really unfold and start to kind of turn out of It's control. sort of the turn mm-hmm. in, the,
0: in the story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, Gary Gillette, uh, you're involved in the efforts to preserve Hamtramck Stadium. Talk about where that is.
3: Hamtramck Stadium is on the south side of Hamtramck, just east of Joseph Campo. Uh, it's a block east. You can see it at the entrance of Veterans Park there where the historic marker is. It's a few blocks south of Holbrook, uh, a few blocks north of um, the Town plant mm-hmm. where the circular drive, Hamtramck Drive, goes around it. Uh, it was built in 1930 for the Detroit Stars. It, uh, the Detroit Stars played there in 1930 and 31, and then the team failed along with the league. In 32, there was another team called the Detroit Wolves there, which had five future Hall of Famers, which is pretty impressive. Uh, 33, another Detroit Stars team one year. 37, another team. That was the end of their Negro Leagues phase. But Hamtramck Stadium, lasted until the early 90s with community ball, high school baseball, mm-hmm, high school mm-hmm. football before Keyworth Stadium was built, uh, American Legion ball, Little League ball. The Little League 1959 World Series champions played at Hamtramck Stadium. And the diamond you can still see in the outfield there. Mm. Uh, It also had uh, soccer, um, boxing matches, um, community events. Uh, It was pretty impressive and was a real community resource. We're working with the city of Hamtramck, uh, and we hope to have this restored for community usage sometime in the next year or two.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, The Summer King is playing at the Detroit Opera House, starts Uh, This Saturday at uh, 7.30 p.m. and runs through, what is it, May 19th? May 20th. May 20th. 20th. May 20th. Okay, thanks very much to Daniel Sonnenberg, composer of The Summer King. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Jacqueline Eccles, the soprano, Detroit native who plays... Josh Gibson's wife, Helen, in the Summer King. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thank you. And Gary Gillette, baseball writer and historian. Thanks very much to you for being here on Detroit Today. My pleasure. Our ticket winners today were Shannon, Mark, Michelle, Nancy, and Melissa. So congrats to you as well. We are going to end today on yet another aria from the Summer King. This one sung by Kenneth Kellogg uh, during the Pittsburgh Opera's performance of the uh, Summer King, but he's also going to play in uh, the Detroit uh, production as well, I believe. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for us today on Detroit Today. I hope uh, you will join us on Monday when we will be back. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan, Associate producer is Gus Navarro. And Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bovee. And This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you on Monday.
1: Joshua, God's never to cross the church.